0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to It's the Real Deal podcast. My name is Caleb Gardsky, and I am so, so excited. I know I say that just about every time, but it's because it's true. <laughs> yes, glory to God. So I am super, super excited about the Word today. The Lord has been placing on my heart just some awesome things this year. And I know we're already in the second month Wow, we are in, like, the middle of the second month of the year, 2021, and it's just, wow. Like, what a crazy year 2020 was. But now, 2021, really, not a whole lot, in a way, has changed, if you look at it in the natural. For, if you wanted to say, for the good, not much has changed for the good, uh, it's actually it looks worse in the natural than it did before, um, in a way because the restrictions and things haven't really lifted. At least I'll speak for the United States now. Of course, if you're from another another country, I'm not sure you know how all of it is over there. But it seems from what I've heard in the news that a lot of things are still shut down in a lot of countries and. You know, we were hoping that 2020 would be the year that everything would just get cut off and not, you know, this would just stop, just stop, (laughs) it would just stop. And that's not what happened. But glory to God, I've had such a stirring in my spirit. Honestly, I do believe I have, um, from the Lord, just a calling for evangelism, and that. Yeah, I feel like though for every Christian that is something that we're all supposed to do. We're all supposed to be evangelizing for for the kingdom. Even if it's not full-time evangelism, like, you know, going to different countries and and traveling traveling around all the time. Even if it's not like that, we're supposed to be the church. And that's what I want to talk about talk about today. I want to talk about being the church. And I know that doesn't sound maybe super exciting if you just you know if you're looking for catchy titles and you're looking for things like that, I know that doesn't sound super exciting. Um, but honestly, the church needs to be the church. and if, if we were being the church, we would actually be very exciting. It would be super exciting. back uh, in the book of Acts when the church was young. And just starting, you know, you know, you read about it and you see how exciting it was. The way, they were called the way. And they were turning the world upside down. It was awesome. And then somewhere along the line, you know, after the apostles passed away, for some reason the gospel got watered down and it just, you know, became, you know, the Catholic Church. I'm not trying to call down the Catholic Church, um, altogether just during, um, some of the time of, like, the Reformation and, um, you know, you talk about, like, uh, you talk about Martin Luther, you talk about the Reformation and, uh, like, Martin Luther's 99 Theses and, like, things that he had against the Church, basically, at that time and how they were so caught up in works and not the grace of God and different things like that, you know, it just got away from the true gospel. And you know, not just the Catholic Church. It was, you know, throughout all time, it's been a problem. Uh, the gospel has been watered down. And I'm here to say that the gospel, the true gospel, the full gospel, now I'm not talking about the full gospel, like the nomination. I'm talking about The gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible. It is an exciting word. We, the church, have overcome the enemy. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our our testimony. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we do not love our lives, even to the death. And that is the victorious church right there. How can you kill a man or a woman, how can you kill a person that does not care about their life? (laughs) You can't. You can't do anything to stop a person like that. You cannot shut them down and you can't kill them, even if you kill them, because they are unstoppable. They have lost their life. When we lose our lives, we find it. We find it in Christ. And when we lay down our lives before God, before the throne and give him everything he's given us this life and when we give it back to him he does something amazing with it and uses it for his glory and that's where our focus should be that he would get the glory uh, i feel the spirit feel the spirit strong on me and uh i just want to really encourage you to be the church <laughs> and to get into the word and realize that this is the time. This right now is the time for the church to arise. For them to just ah, uh, we're gonna get into it. Okay, let's just get into the word. So I was reading in we got first chronicles chapter twelve verse thirty two. So first chronicles chapter twelve verse thirty two, and it talks about the sons of Issachar. And how they understood the times and seasons and they knew what to do. I believe it is a time for us to have that same same <laughs> readiness and same understanding as the sons of Issachar. That we need to understand the times and the seasons and know what to do. And then I will say we need to do it. We need to do it. And I want to talk about also that in um, it's in... Numbers, Numbers, I'm tw- um, sorry, I'm sorry, Numbers 1330, Numbers 1330, it talks about, it talks about Caleb, and I, I know it's selfish, I'm going to talk about myself, <laughs> but it's not really. I'm going to talk about Caleb and how he quieted the people uh, before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession of the land. For we can certainly take it. We can certainly overcome it. This is the kind of tenacity we, the church, have to have. We have to understand who we are in Christ. We have been made the righteousness of God. We have been made, been made to sit together with Him in heavenly places, as it talks about in Ephesians chapter 2. We are supposed to be the church victorious. And we are, we have been given power and authority over the enemy it tells us uh, jesus told us in luke 10 19, behold i give you authority over serpents and over scorpions and over all the power of the enemy that nothing shall in any way hurt or harm you we when we take authority in the name of jesus over these evil things that are trying to harm us nothing is going to harm us when we take our authority that's that's the key. That is the key. And Jesus here in Luke 10 was not just talking to his 12 disciples. No, he was talking to at least 70 other people. It says the 70 returned with joy because the demons even submitted to them in Jesus' name. And then Jesus is like, that's not a big deal. You shouldn't rejoice over the devil submitting to you. In my name. Of course, he will do that. Of course, he's a fallen angel. He's been defeated. Jesus, listen, the devil is like a bee without a stinger. He's still a bee, but he doesn't have any ability to hurt you. Jesus destroyed, he defeated him. He made an open spectacle of him, triumphing over him in the cross. Jesus took our sin, took our infirmity, he took our poverty, he became poor so that we could become rich, okay? God has made it so that we can live an abundant life here. Why would we want to live a, why would we want to just survive when we can thrive? We can live a life that is far above the world's living, the world is living like the world because it's the world. It has been put in uh, this state of destruction, self-destruction by sin, by mankind messing up everything through selfishness, through disobedience to God. Everything has been destroyed and is being destroyed because of sin. Sin is not—it's—it's uh, it's terrible. And it's not that God is trying to ruin your fun by telling you not to do certain things. The reason he's telling you that these things are sin and these things are wrong is because they're destructive. They hurt you. They hurt people. And he doesn't want us hurt. He wants us to rise up, to take our authority, and to be the church. And that's why I really enjoy this story of... well, a story from, like, Jonathan, found in 1 Samuel chapter, um, like, 13 and 14. Um, the The story of when Jonathan goes and takes on the Philistines, uh, even though his father, Saul, the king, should have been leading the charge, Saul is underneath of a tree, just chilling out, just not doing much of anything. And it's a really interesting story. You should go and read it there in 1 Samuel chapter uh, Thirteen and fourteen, and it's very interesting because Saul and Jonathan are the only ones with swords, and because of the oppression from the Philistines they uh the Israelites do not have weapons. uh weapon confiscation was a thing even then. How about that? That is interesting uh, <laughs> and and it's a way to to uh, try to stop the people from uprising. Of course, when you have God. And when you have God on your side, (laughs) oh, you will laugh at destruction and famine and need not fear the beasts of the earth. How about that? Job 5, uh, 22. Wow. That's a powerful verse. Powerful. You will not even fear the beasts of the earth. How about that? If you're afraid of wild animals, don't be. God is with you. You will laugh at destruction and famine, laugh at destruction and famine and need not fear the beasts of the earth god our father sits in the heavens and laughs. laughs we should imitate our father it talks about that in ephesians uh chapter 5 that we are to be imitators ephesians chapter 5 be imitators of our god as as are be imitators of our father as dear children and he loves that god loves it when we imitate him so yeah i just want to really encourage us strongly in this podcast, to rise up to be the church, and to say, "Let's go take the land. Let's go take the land. Take the land." <laughs> uh, Caleb in the Numbers thirteen thirty, when he rises up and says, "Let us go." I mean, literally, it's him and Joshua the only two, maybe, and Moses, uh, the three of them, against everybody the, and <laughs> against all of the people of Israel. They're there and they just got back the 12 spies just got back uh from spying out the land and 10 of them say it's a great land but they can't take it god said they could take it even before they spied it out and joshua and caleb understood that if god says something he is going to do it he's going to do it and this is even uh before like numbers 13 or sorry numbers 2319 Numbers 23, 19 says that God is not even a, a man. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do, or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? See, God is not going to lie to us. He is going to keep his word. But even before that, even before that time, and that was uh, that's a whole other story. I won't go into that. But even before that, Joshua and Caleb understood, and Moses understood, God was a man of his word. He would, or sorry, not a man. He's not a man that he should lie. He is God, and he keeps his word. God keeps his covenant, and he is not going to lie to us. And so with that understanding, when Joshua and Caleb heard the word of the Lord that we can take this land they were bold about it no matter what they saw they knew they were supposed to take this land and so Caleb boldly rises up i that's why i literally love this story and i really just oh i'm so appreciative that my name is Caleb because i feel this this boldness it's like rise up let's take the land we can certainly take it god said we could take it we can certainly take it let's go take possession of it now And they didn't want to do that. As a matter of fact, they wanted to stone Caleb and Joshua because they had a different report. And they were really, they are trying to obey God. They are obeying God. And the people wanted to obey (laughs) what they saw more. Honestly, they wanted to go with what they saw. They saw problems, and they wanted to go with the problems. And Caleb and Joshua were like, no. We see what God says, we're going to go with what God says. And that's where we kind of are with the world right now. And I believe that's why this story stuck out to me, because that's where we are. We are at a place where it's the world wants to go with what they see, and the church has been wishy-washy and has gone with what they see a lot. There have been some Christians that have gone by what the word of the Lord is, And gone by faith. Walked by faith and not by sight. But it's at a point now. With this shaking. This shaking was not caused by God. I want to make that very clear. God did not send the coronavirus. I will go on the record on that. God did not send the coronavirus. God is a good God. We need to trust in God's goodness. But God will cause all things to work together for our good. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So God is going to use this for, to bring in a great harvest, but he did not cause it. God works all things together for our good. Hallelujah. So we're looking at this with Joshua and Caleb and the 10 spies and really all of Israel, and we can see clearly, it's like the the church and the world. And the church is going to become stubborn in trusting God to the point like this. Like, it does not matter what you say about us. What you try to to do. We are staying with God. And God said this. This is what God said. And you, world, you can go the way of the world. You can go the way the of Satan, you can go the way of Satan if you want to, we don't want you to, we love you so much, and we want you to be saved, but we're not going to lower our standards, we're not going to be wishy-washy, we're not going to be just, ugh, you know, like you, we are going to uphold the standard of listening to the Lord and obeying His voice, even if it, we're not going to love our lives, as it says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, that we do not love our lives even unto the death. We are going to put full assurance, full confidence in God. And God is so good, he will deliver us from death. Certainly, certainly, certainly. This goes into the free will thing. Um, Taking our authority and God has given us a choice of of life and death. Uh, He said, choose life. That Uh, our seed, that we and our seed can live, he said choose life, but he's given us that choice. And he said, like in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. If we are loving what we're saying, if we're just constantly talking about it, and we, uh, we enjoy that thing that we're saying, you know, those who love it, those who love it will eat the fruit thereof, so whatever you've been saying, you're gonna reap that fruit, and you don't have to though uh honestly um you could you could allow jesus to to reap that harvest, and he did actually on the cross <laughs> he already took sin and sickness and disease and and poverty and and lack, he already took all that. He reaped our destruction. We sowed destruction and sin, and He reaped it. So you don't have to reap everything you sow. Maybe somebody needs to hear that right now. I didn't have that plan to say, but but you don't have to reap everything you've sown. God already reaped our sin for us. But if you're going to continue to love what you're saying, if you're going to continue to just keep saying the same thing, those destructive words, then you're going to reap that fruit. And so we need to change what we're saying. We need to get into the book and and confess and say what God is saying. And it's not some sort of like magic or something, but it's it's not that at all. It's that you become what you behold. And if you are focused on the world and on the garbage of the world, then eventually you're going to become like the world. And that's not what we want. And that's not what I want for you. I wish great prosperity and great health and great, um, in every way uh, that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Uh, third John two, as it says in third John two, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So yes, I, I've wish that for you. I, I hope that for you. Um, but it's not just going to happen by someone else doing it for you. No one else can do it for you. You're going to have to put in that time and really trust God and really believe his word and believe it enough to dig into it and to dive into it um, and spend time in it. Whatever you spend time on is what you value. And if you value uh, your work, you're going to put time into it. Um, If you honestly value your family, you're going to make time for them. And like, if you value a relationship, you're going to put time into it. If you, if you value living, then you're going to feed your body. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, yeah, if you value clean clothing, you're going to wash your clothes. It's as simple as that. Whatever you value you're going to take care of. And this temple is very important. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we are not to let it be defiled. So with that thought in mind, we need to take care of this body. We need to value it enough to feed it and to nourish it and to clothe it well, to say good things out of it, uh, to not just uh, say whatever comes to mind, but say what comes to us by the Spirit and like jesus said he said he only said what he heard the father say he only did what he saw the father do i often pray that that i would only say what i hear my father say that i would only do what i see my father do i don't want to just be going through life just bouncing around doing my own thing i uh, want to i want to follow wholeheartedly after what god wants and what God's will is. Because if you think about it, this time on the earth is so short that we don't have time to squander it. We, we should not squander it. That was a neat thing that I heard at church today. Was, don't squander this time. Because it's precious and there's never going to be a time like it again. This is, I mean as far as we know, time, literal time, is not a thing in heaven like eternity is eternity so you know i mean there could god could bring time into heaven uh, if he wanted to um, but time is something that's very unique for i believe this this era in time <laughs> for a lack of a better way to say it and we need to not squander it we need to value what god has done with, through Jesus on the cross and value his patience with us and value his, um, just everything that he's done for us, his love for us, his mercy for us. Oh, he's been so compassionate, so slow to anger and so long-suffering with us. And we need to value that. We need to, to really value that. Um, there's so much, there's so much that I've wanted to to say on this podcast and I haven't even really gotten to to all of it, but I hope that something in this, something in this podcast has stuck with you and hopefully there was at least one thing that really encouraged you and that you felt like you needed to hear. Uh, I do want to encourage you that this is a great time for the church. I feel such a stirring that the Lord is going to do such great things in this year This is the church, uh, the time for the church. This is the moment of the church. No matter how dark it looks in the world, the light always stands out in the darkness. Always. The light always stands out. And so we're going (laughs) to take this land. We are going to take this land. We have been given the torch. We have been passed the torch from all the previous generations. And I think about. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And what does that mean? What does that mean? I believe it means that there are a lot of people. Even in heaven. Watching the faith moments. That we, that we have. And cheering us on. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And I don't want to be so focused on that. I'm focused on the Lord and doing what he wants. But it is interesting to just ponder for a moment with me that there are people in heaven that are not here, that can't do what you can do. And there is a thing that God has put, maybe multiple things, that God has put within you a great skill and a great talent and a great heart To do some very specific thing. Some very unique thing. And he wants you to use it for his glory. He wants you to use it for his glory. So be bold. Be encouraged. This is the hour of the church. And no matter how dark it gets. The light always stands out in the darkness. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this podcast, and I pray honestly uh, for every every viewer. Um, whether I don't really know you, uh, and I don't really see specifics, you know, on who listens to these and that type of thing. But I do pray for the people that view this. So know that somebody's praying for you. If you feel like you have been, you know, not you've been neglected in a way, you haven't been, and maybe you really have been neglected, but know that. I'm praying for you, and I'm believing that God has a great purpose and a great plan for you because you're here. You're here. There are other people that are not here, but you are here, and that's that's wonderful. You should take courage. Take, um, yeah, take courage. <laughs> Hallelujah. That you're here, and there's something great for you to do. On the next podcast, I'm going to be uh, talking about... A little more about this, but maybe not quite as much. I'm going to be talking about our um, what is in us and how we are supposed to already be going after. We're supposed to already know what we're supposed to be doing. And we're supposed to be following God's leading, but we're also supposed to be just going after it. And I, I know I've talked about that some on this podcast, but I feel still the need to talk about that and encourage the church Um, yeah, just encourage the church, not, uh, not trying to, uh, promote my own thing. I want to see you guys be bold and take the land. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm going to pray for you guys and yeah, and I'll see you on the next podcast. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Well, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for anyone who listens to this podcast. Um, oh Lord. They're so precious to you. I thank you for their. Their willingness to follow you. I thank you for. Their heart for you. And how you are blessing them. And you're watching over them. And I thank you for. Their. Oh, they're so precious to you father. I thank you for. Your love that is literally. Just wrapping around them. And surrounding them. And that they know. They know you're real. They know you're, you're there. And that you care. That you see them. And they are not alone. They are precious. I thank you for boldness. For strength. For health. I thank you for health. I thank you that Jesus took those stripes for our healing. He didn't just take those for the fun of it absolutely not that was a complete extra father in the crucifixion you completely you added that in you made sure that that was added in just for us just for us so that we could be healed so that we could be healed because you love us and you are that good so father thank you for touching these people Thank you for mercy for them and that you are healing them out of your great mercy and compassion. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. We are so thankful to you and we give you all the glory and all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Guys, remember that the word of God, it's The real deal. I will catch you later on the next podcast.